Hi, everyone, and welcome to the News Agent Podcast. I'm Susie Lysett, Senior Content Executive at Goodlord. And today we're going to be talking about how letting agencies can spot the different opportunities available to them and really make sure that you're taking advantage of those in the right way to make sure that your business is a success or continues to be a success uh, in the long run. So to help me cover this topic, I'm joined by a successful estate and lettings agency business owner, Neil Waldock, a director at Charles David Casson. So thanks for joining me again today, uh, Neil. Oh, you're very welcome, Susie. Nice to see you and thanks for having me on. No problem at all. Well, obviously, we have spoken on this podcast before and you've been a regular contributor to our blog over the years. Uh, But for any listeners out there that perhaps don't know who you are, if you could kick us off just by telling us a bit about you and a bit about Charles David Casson, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, my name is Neil and uh, I own Charles David Casson with my brother, Matt. Um, we're a Chelmsford-based uh, estate and letting agent and uh, we cover with just well, one office operation, but we cover the whole of Essex uh, for property management. Uh, we do do residential sales and we've got a real specialism in um, HMO management as well, which is the houses of multiple occupation. Um, I also founded something called the HMO Network, which is a, a national network of HMO specialist property managers as well. And um, yeah, we just uh, we've been going since 2011. Our company um, we've completed, I think, four acquisitions of other letting agents so far. That's that's another part of our growth plan as well. Um, and the other thing we we do is we're quite early on in this journey, but uh, we're looking to franchise uh, the Charles David Casson brand as well. So I think that there are already quite a few <laughs> different different things that we can dig into really there in terms of spotting opportunities which is which is why I am obviously speaking to you today so as as you've just quite succinctly put you have kind of looked into these different ways to expand and different opportunities to grow and different ways to uh, to bring in revenue for your business and let's let's take it back to the beginning really I think um so back in 2011 you know when when you uh, when you launched Charles David Casson or you know when it all started to come together what was your main focus at that stage um, did you you have plans in, um, immediately to grow into all these different areas or you know what was that initial starting point uh, for you yeah I think um, if I'm honest with you Susie we didn't um, really have a plan at the time and um, you know which is which is probably the mistake most business owners make until they've got a little bit of experience in business and then they realize well actually we need a plan otherwise we don't know where we're going um but yeah if I'm honest when we first started out we probably didn't have a plan we just knew we wanted to have our own estate and letting agency um that that was our background in in estate agency uh funnily enough our background was more in the sales estate agency than it was in the lettings and as it goes we've grown further in lettings than we probably have in in the sales side of the business so but yeah it's just we didn't really have a plan we just got going and uh, it kind of all took off from there and then we've just spotted different opportunities along the way it's interesting actually that you say that you did obviously start in sales and then move into lettings so or you know that side of the business has, has obviously grown what why do you think that is why do you think um, the letting side has been quite such a success for you yeah, I think it's just I recognised fairly early on that uh, because my background isn't only purely a state agency. So um, I've worked for a number of different businesses and I was in the police for six years as well. Um, so I, I was in the state agency out of school. Then I took a break and went into a few other things um, and then came back to it. But for me, I just recognised very early on that lettings is sort of, it's you know, it's like a contract business. Every time you get a client, 
you know you've got a certain amount of revenue a year put from them and that's going to continue to come along whereas your sales business is obviously a one-off income and generally that's it you know you might if you do things well and you nurture clients you might then end up transacting with them again in the future but i just think we recognized quite early on that lettings is a is, is the valuable part of the business and also uh, is recurring revenue and so we kind of just naturally went down that route because it's kind of big ticket versus consistency i suppose it's uh, you know it's nice to have that boost but it's also nice to have that security of knowing that you are going to have regular income and you can sort of budget against that perhaps in a in an easier way than than some of the sales side of things which is perhaps a bit more volatile um if i'm right in saying that yeah no, absolutely especially uh at this time of uh talking november 2022 it's uh it's getting particularly volatile <laughs> yeah this that's i think that's a different podcast topic entirely but we could definitely do an entire hour if not more on that particular topic but um but talking about um our topic today so sort of this spotting opportunity so lettings in its own right is, is 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 an opportunity it is a big opportunity for um for estate agents out there if they weren't already investing in that side of the business but i mean you've already mentioned the fact that hmos that is quite a focus area for you um i do appreciate that that would as an opportunity would perhaps be specific to the area that you're in um you know where, where you're operating mm. and how dense the population is and so on but what was the opportunity that you saw there and and how did you spot that it was something that would work for you Yes, well, I think um, the HMO, again, we kind of stumbled across it, if I'm honest, uh, very early on in our, our journey, came across a landlord who had a big portfolio of HMOs here in Chelmsford, and he was self-managing them at the time, um, and he initially just used us to sort of advertise his rooms, and I got to know him quite well and looked into this and the benefit of HMOs and again that's probably another podcast entirely about how we can increase property yields and everything else but what I noticed was there were no no landlord knew where the reason people were um, self-managing their HMOs was no one knew where to find somebody that was willing to do it and so I looked into it and actually if you spoke to any agent in the town and you mentioned the word HMO then they wouldn't want to go anywhere near it so it was very easy for us to spot an opportunity that we could actually carve out a, a kind of a niche in our own local market where we could become the market leader in that specific type of property management um, very early on. And the added benefit to that was that no one normally just invests in an HMO as their first property because it's quite a, it's quite a um, sort of, you know, you find seasoned property investors uh, sort of adopt that strategy. And so, you know, by taking on the HMO, we were also opening the door to the rest of their portfolio, whereas the agents that were refusing that business uh, were just shutting a door and not knowing what else was behind that client. Um, so, yeah, that was really how we got into it. And I guess like, we, you know, someone told me a saying once that there's money where no one else is willing to to go and um, I guess we sort of followed followed that philosophy a little bit I'd say that's probably a top tip <laughs> one of the top tips I'm sure that will come out of this podcast but uh, you know not shutting the door on those opportunities it is sort of considering uh, every opportunity that comes your way and just saying okay how could we potentially make this work for us um, I guess that it would might not always be the case that it will work but uh, as you say um, HMOs it's not necessarily the first thing that the agents want to 
want to work with. Um, I mean, how how did you look past kind of the perception of HMOs and and understand that there was the opportunity there? I mean, it was it having mm. was it the yields? Was it the you know we were you in you know what was it about your business that made you think that you could take this on and make it a success? Yeah, I guess. Um... For me, I'm quite, you know, I'm an ex-police officer, so I've seen a lot of stuff and um, it's quite hard to shock me. So when I looked into these properties and, um, yes, you know, there's a lot more work that goes along with it. There's a lot of relationship management as well as the property management, but not not a lot phases me, to be honest. So I just felt that I had the skill set to do that. And as I say, there was no one else that was willing willing to do it. But what I identified was actually by taking these properties on, our rent roll was a lot higher uh, and we could charge a higher percentage to manage them as well. So therefore, we were actually just naturally increasing the amount of income we could earn out of lettings for doing that. And, and I think it's important to say it won't be for everybody and quite rightly so. It is a specialist type of property management and, and you kind of – I think – you got to say no sometimes. Like whilst we're good at spotting opportunities, I think what you've also got to be good at is spotting the opportunities to say no to because you know they're going to distract you from your core business. And I think that's probably an important thing to say as well. You've obviously already mentioned the, um, the this idea of the HMO network that you've set up too. I suppose that that's there to help support other you know agents that are looking to get into this with perhaps some of the bits that may be more difficult to. Um, to to manage if you are purely on your own i mean how did this how did that concept come about and and how do you help it in that sense yeah so the hmo network came about because again when you mention to agents that you're managing hmos they generally laugh at you or turn their nose up and um what i sort of spotted was that in our in the traditional estate agency industry there's a number of different bodies and organizations and networks that you can become a part of but there's nothing that catered for HMO specialist agents. And when I say specialist agents, we've got everyone from literally they only deal with HMOs to people like ourselves at Charles David Caston and a couple of other companies in the network who do sales, lettings and HMO management, but they have their specialism in that as well. So yeah, it just came about because there was no there was nothing, no offering for that type of agent out there. And so we thought, well, we'll create that that network and so far it's been very well received and um yeah it's just so we'll probably talk about that in a minute but collaboration we always go on about is just so important in in this industry it's something that historically the estate agency industry hasn't been very collaborative i think um certainly the last few years through covid and everything like that that's changed the culture a little bit now and people are willing to collaborate and when you collaborate more opportunities come out of that as well no um the collaboration side of things was certainly on my on my list too yes i mean as you say it's it is interesting how the circumstances of what's been going on out there uh, for the past few years you know covid and obviously now the cost of living crisis would you say that it does encourage that collaboration it does push people together to uh, to find answers and to work together to do things in a better way is that what you found yeah definitely i think um it's a hundred percent uh, yeah, we would have preferred not to have the circumstances of the last two years, of course, or three years or whatever it is now. But, but it definitely has. It's pushed people together. People have kind of had to look for support in other places. And, yeah, it's just pushed people to discuss things more openly, 
share costs in some some circumstances. There's just so much room for it if people are open-minded, I think. And one of the other topics as well that you um, you mentioned at the beginning or one of the other activities that you're involved in is obviously acquisitions. I guess at the minute there is quite a lot of consolidation out there in the industry. I mean, how did you decide that how did you decide when was the right time for your agency to start acquiring and growing in that respect? Again, I suppose we were about four to five years into our journey before we made an acquisition. So we'd already sold a portfolio earlier in our journey. Um, we'd actually sold a lettings business in one area and then started one again in our current area. And so we were kind of familiar with that process. Um, and then it was another, yeah, probably four or five years before before we did one. But we kind of just recognised that trying to build a lettings book organically, no matter how good you are at it, is a slow burner. It's a slow growth strategy. Um, it's a great long-term strategy, but it's very slow kind of growth. And so we just noticed that actually if we can go out and buy 50 landlords at a time or 100 landlords or 200 or whatever the case may be, then we can sort of turbocharge that growth and accelerate things. And we, me and my brother, were quite good at spotting the opportunities. And I, I always say now, you kind of look at companies in your local area who are doing really well. They're, they're everywhere. You're seeing their boards everywhere. They're online everywhere. They're rocketing. And you think, they're the ones I'm chasing. And then what happens is they disappear a little bit. And all that stuff you were seeing, you're not seeing anymore. And you might even see, like, the owner is all of a sudden back at the desk, the front desk in the office, and they're doing the work. And you think, right, something's gone wrong there. And then it's just about having a conversation with them. But I think sometimes, because we're British and we're we're polite, sometimes we don't like to ask people what's going on. But if you just have an open conversation with people and yeah, don't be afraid to tell people you're looking to buy other businesses, uh, you know, is it something we could have a conversation about now or in the future? Um, you never know that the answer might be yes. Kind of the same question but in reverse because you mentioned that um, you, you did go through the process of selling uh, as well what made you realize that that was the right thing to do at that time because obviously you sold back then and now you you are growing again so you know what what was behind that uh, that decision yeah absolutely so I mean at the time that was a decision because we had um, two other partners in the business and um we, essentially we had too many people running one company um but also different people wanted to go in different directions with their career um and so it was actually it was just the easiest way at the time was to sell the company because we were in a slightly different area um and we just retained the brand and brought it back to Chelmsford which is where we're local um and I think I've, I mentioned to you before I had a my own lettings company that I'd merged in with Charles David Casson so um it's a bit of a long story but essentially it was just a naturally good time for us to go in different directions um and so but to do that because there were four partners that owned it all um selling the book was the right thing to do at the time no it's it's a very good point actually the fact that opportunities it doesn't necessarily mean constantly growing it can be you know looking at your business and deciding what it needs in that moment to make sure that in the long run it's obviously going to be a success and continue to to go where it needs to go in the future yeah, no, 100%. I think that's really a great point because 
sometimes we're so focused on growth it can get out of control and actually sometimes you need little spurts of growth and periods of growth and then some periods of consolidation um and there's nothing wrong with that because you'd rather stop and consolidate and sort of make everything secure for the long term like you say than just keep running away and forgetting sort of what's coming behind you um and that's that's exactly right so it's not always about oh, there's an opportunity to acquire someone or to borrow some money or to do this partnership or to do this deal. Sometimes it's there's just an opportunity to restructure your business. Um, so, yeah, I think opportunities come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. No, well, it, it certainly seems that way. And I think that one of the other opportunities that you have spotted, which this time it is going in the in the growth um, direction, but the um, the franchise concept, what again? What what made you realise that it was the right time to consider this? I think you mentioned that it's quite early in in the um, uh, quite early stage for for that. But what made you realise it was the right time and it was the right direction for you to take your agency in? Yeah. So for us, I think we both, me and my brother, both enjoy um, the coaching side and consultancy side as as well, coaching our own staff and helping them to grow in their careers, um, but also doing that with other agents and franchising for me is a good um as a business it's a good sort of leveraged business model where we can train other people um to then go and run their own business and obviously as a franchise you do make money out of that of course um but also it's, it's about enabling other people to have a better quality of life and and, and run a, a business which can give you a very good lifestyle and because i came out of the police and was able to do it um there's a lot of people locked into jobs that they don't want not necessarily in in the property industry um but in the armed forces in the police in bigger organizations um who are looking for opportunities but what they don't have necessarily is um They've got a lot of skills and a lot of attributes which they've built up. But they don't know how to apply those in the business world. Um, and so for me, franchising is we can give people a platform where we've we've made all the mistakes that can be made. We've learned all the learnings um, and we can give people something that we know is a is a good and proven business model and say, here you go, partner with us. This is how everything is done. Let us train you to do it. And then they can run off and do you know, have their the lifestyle they want, but with some support as well. No, it sounds like it's a great way to to balance everything and to uh, yeah, like you like you say, sort of focus on what you are good at and learn that you know get gather that experience and then take it wherever you want it to go next. I suppose there are lots of different opportunities out there depending on your personal circumstances within the industry. So it's just a different way to approach it, really. I know one of the other topics as well that we've we've discussed before is this concept of outsourcing certain services, which I suppose that is is the other way to do it if you were an independent agency or you know were working uh, not operating necessarily under a franchise, but looking at all of the different providers that you use, all the different services, and so on, and deciding what you should keep in house to work the most effectively versus what to outsource. I mean, would you have any tips there? Any any advice to share? Yeah, so I mean, I think. Um... I think we've got to be open to partnerships and outsourcing. I, I don't personally like the word outsourcing because I think it means just giving something away and losing control of it and not really caring about it. Whereas 
and you know i'm being a bit pedantic because it is you're kind of doing the same thing but if you have a partnership with somebody then um you know whether that's a partnership with us and good lord we're essentially outsourcing our referencing and tenancy onboarding to good lord but it's still our responsibility to work with you and for you to work with us and so it's a partnership and that's how we look at it and it's the same with agents um some agents give us their property management and we but we're a partner of theirs and we're it's very transparent and we kind of do it together so i think there's certainly things to outsource where you haven't got the skill set for it and you don't necessarily want to invest in having that skill set or even if it might bring people into your bring something into your office that might distract you from other things that you're already doing that's a time to outsource i think where income isn't necessarily guaranteed um is not a bad time to outsource as well so you're keeping your fixed costs down when you don't know exactly when that income's going to come in so some people will outsource their sales progression for instance because they know then they haven't got a fixed cost and they're only going to pay that out when the sales money comes in so yeah i think and i think it's also about outsourcing stuff that you can do higher value tasks and, and you know you talk to any business coach and they'll say that to you are you doing a 10 pound an hour task or if you are as a business owner then you need to outsource that either to a member of your team or to you know a partnership company as i like to call it or an outsourcing company however you want to term it I, I'm always very happy to talk semantics as a content person, so it's <laughs> that's it's um it's it's a good differentiation for me. And one of the in a slightly different from a slightly different perspective, um, talking about opportunities and how to spot them. I know that you've relatively recently kind of I don't know whether rebrand is whether it's it was a full rebrand, but refreshed your your um, branding on your on your um, on your site. Again, like I say, it's, it is a slightly different type of opportunity, but why did you choose to do that you know what was the impetus behind that yeah so i think for us we did it at a time where we know we want to grow um we're looking as i say to franchise the business and we're working with a number of agents on their property management and and things like that as well so we just wanted to uh, and when we looked at our local market um we're in a town or a city now where um there's approximately 50 to 60 different agents here it's a very competitive market um and there's not many what i would call young and fresh brands there's a few corporates there's a lot of older type independents and there's a couple of really good looking fresh brands um and i guess within our business we're quite a young we feel we're a young fresh company um and our branding had probably fallen behind the people that were actually sending out to do the work for us um and so we just wanted to bring our brand in line with the people uh, that actually operate this business and so that's that's kind of where the brand refresh came from oh, i guess making sure that you can stand out in in your market and make sure you can speak to the people that you want to speak to it's um marketing in itself or, or the image that you put out there it is in its own right an opportunity for agents just thinking about how how you're perceived out there in, in the industry and uh, within your local area so yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's it's good to ask the question sometimes as well how are we perceived what do people um think of us because we we were getting that feedback actually that you know, having looked at your brand and your website, our old website, and meeting you, they're two different things. Um, and when you start hearing that a few times, I think, again, recognising opportunities is about recognising patterns as well. 
And if, if you start recognising the pattern of you hearing the same feedback all the time, then you need to do something about it. No, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think at the same time, if you're going to be investing in something, you kind of need to have some uh, a reason behind it as well. You know, you need to have done your research, whether it is marketing, whether it's looking at whether HMOs will work in your area and things like that. It's making sure that you take the time to stand back and uh, make sure that you are making the right decision or testing it out in some way, perhaps and initially to see whether it is something you want to venture into. Um, but uh, listening and keeping your eyes and ears open does seem to be does seem to be key in this situation. Yeah, I think if you if, if you if you just keep yeah if you keep your eyes open and your ears open at all times, and talk to everybody and ask questions. I think if you're an inquisitive person, like I, when something happens, I want to know why basically. Um, and my team get fed up with me sometimes for it because I'm quite granular to the detail, and I, I want to know why or where did we find that last customer. Why did that one leave, or what did that happen there? What you know, I want to know all these reasons. Um, but also, when I meet other agents, I want to know what they're up to and how they're doing and why they've done that. Because I want to, you know, we don't always have to create the ideas ourselves. Actually, sometimes you can just copy it off of somebody else. Why reinvent the wheel? So yeah, I think you're right. Just always, and actually, it's funny when you say that because one of the biggest skills of an estate and a letting agent is listening. So, you know, we should be doing that in our own business as well. And also, um, obviously, we've focused quite a bit on the successes so far. I know that we've talked about uh, when you um, did um, sell, you know, um, uh, towards the start of your business, you and that was for a specific reason to consolidate and so on. But would you say that you've faced any challenges that you've jumped into some opportunities or looked into something that you've realised, oh, actually, we should back away from this. It's perhaps not for us. Um, yeah, definitely. I think um, we have done that. And that's why we're, we've been planning our franchising, for instance, for quite a number of years. Um, but we've messed around with it a little bit, too, if, I, if I'm sort of brutally honest with ourselves as well, because we keep stepping into um, this self-employed agent uh, movement that's happening in the UK at the minute. And for us, that's not for us. And the reason that's not for us is because I think there is space for that in the market. But um it's a very high recruitment model some work some don't and you, it's like a hamster wheel of recruitment and the people operating those companies won't tell you that but that's the reality you need to bring on many many agents some work some don't but it's the because they're putting their personal brand out there with no brand that's really recognized when someone leaves it doesn't damage doesn't damage the brand whereas for us we're very much brand centric um with the people behind it and so that model wouldn't work for us because we're potentially going to damage our own brand whereas the franchising brand works for us a lot better because we have a little bit more control over it but we're also working with business owners and people who are willing to invest and actually grow a team and everything like that so i think that's one place we we, we've kind of um made a mistake in sort of flitting between the two really um and then yeah and i mean we have it all the time because the sales market is so volatile um sometimes you know we have to consolidate on that a little bit get it right and then grow again as well um so yeah we're definitely not um we're not perfect and i don't suppose any business is if they're honest with themselves 
I say it's the same with anything in life, really. You have to make mistakes to learn from them. And as long as, you know, you haven't invested, put all your eggs in one basket kind of thing. Um, you know, you have to test out ideas before throwing everything that you have into investing um, in it. Then it's worth trying things, um, you know, especially right now, you know, where is perhaps the right time to start thinking about diversifying and finding different ways to bring in some extra revenue. Uh, obviously, that's that's always an ideal for a business, regardless of uh, the, the political or economic circumstances. But um, I mean, w- would you have any other thoughts in terms of advice for agents if they are looking to diversify what what kinds of areas they can look to and how they can, aside from being out there and listening to what other people are doing, what, what's the best way to go about looking at diversifying their services perhaps to, to earn that bit of extra revenue? I think there's lots of resources online now. Um, you know, there's lots of podcasts, there's lots of um, YouTube videos, et cetera, from lots of different suppliers now there's plenty of estate agency facebook groups you can join um and ask advice and things like that i think for me and i mean some agents would say well no because i'm like a diehard sales agent but i think in this day and age if you're not operating a lettings business um it's madness and the good thing nowadays is you don't have to operate it you can just do the fun stuff find the landlord find the tenants and then hand it over to a company who will manage it all for you um it's like with the sales progression you can hand out there's so many ways to collaborate now i think sticking to having your eggs in one basket there is you know you've got to have the balance between not getting distracted with something that takes your eye off your core business of course and that that's really important as well and it's you've got to be able to recognize when actually you have been distracted and you need to spend a bit more time. But there's always that 80-20 rule. And if you're spending 80% of your time on your core business and 20% of your time on perhaps new opportunities, then you're not going to go far wrong. But I think, yeah, di- diversifying is, is a good thing to do as long as you're not taking your eye off the ball on your core business. Oh, well, I, I'd say that that's, that's a pretty... <laughs> positive comment really uh, to uh, to to wrap up our conversation um, uh, unless you think that we're, we're missing anything that we, we should have talked about in terms of spotting opportunities out there in the industry if there's anything that we've missed off out of our conversation so far no the only thing i'm just thinking is like there's a obviously there's always this talk within our industry about increasing your fees um, whether that's your sales fees or your lettings fees and i think sometimes that's an opportunity you've got to spot is can I increase my fees and am I am I charging my worth? Um, and, you know, with the cost of living coming and everything else, all the inflation we've got at the minute and everything going up, I think agents should be believing in themselves if they're operating a, operating a professional business, delivering an exceptional service, then they should believe in themselves and charge their worth, basically. So, um, yeah, there is an opportunity to increase your fees if you show value. People don't mind paying for things as long as they see value. And so it's it's not about just increasing fees. It's actually about increasing value in order to increase your fees. Well, I, I think I was wrong before then. I think that was the perfect way to, <laughs> to wrap up the conversation. Good positive <laughs> final comment there. No, well, thank you ever so much, Neil. I think that that's been uh, really interesting. I think that uh, considering you said at the beginning that you didn't have a plan when you when you set up the agency, it's obviously gone quite well for you. But um, as we've discussed, you obviously went about it in the right way. You've tried different things. You've uh, um, you've uh, consolidated where where necessary rather than just continually pushing to grow. Um, so spotting those opportunities 
agencies. It's, it's more about understanding your own agency, your own business and understanding how to take it forwards in the best way, which will obviously be different for everybody. I do really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with me. So thank you very much. That's been great. Thanks very much, Susie.